exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio Studios in Lake Wales, Florida home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Long ago, Bowler's Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasts because the show was regularly scheduled at the same time each week. The late Kegel owner, the great John Davis, told Len Nicholson to start this program because, quote, people need to know what you know, end quote. This PBA and Bowling Writer Hall of Famer has now recorded over 1,200 shows and has featured over 425 guests since 2002. 20 years plus of bowling knowledge, story sharing, and true expertise. Phantom, we need to know what you know. So Phantom fans, here's your host, Len Nicholson, The Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world. For all of your lane maintenance needs, including 24-hour technical support, you can always rely on the Kegel Company. So go to kegel.net. Well, for those of you who follow our show, our purpose is to pass along information and knowledge. And recently, we've been honoring some of the great players from the past. And this week we have recruited the all-time great Glenn Allison to talk about his dear friend, Andy Marzich. Well, Andy was a terrific player from Southern California, and he amassed a fantastic record in the 60s when he faced the likes of Glenn Allison, Don Carter, Dick Weber, Harry Smith, Billy Hardwick, Billy Whalu, Bob Strampy, and many other great Hall of Famers. And as promised, to pay tribute to Andy, is charter member of the PBA and one of bowling's all-time greats. He's in the USBC Hall of Fame. He's in the PBA Hall of Fame. And if there was a World Hall of Fame, he'd be in that one too. And he's been involved in the most famous day in bowling history. That was July 1st, 1982 when he rolled 900. So here he is, the great Glenn Allison. Hello, Glenn, and welcome to Phantom Radio. Well, thank you, Alan. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Well, a lot of people have asked for you to be on a couple of times, and uh, I finally got a hold of you and Jerry, and it's really a pleasure and an honor talking to you. And I remember watching you bowl way back in 1963, uh, when I first got associated with the PBA, I was hanging around with my buddy Billy Hardwick. He told me to go down and watch you bowl. And in fact, I did see you before that. You were up in the Bay Area one time doing some kind of an exhibition. But before we get going with the show, Fards, I, I, I want to mention something that we've got a special announcement to make. So I want you guys to get your pens and pencils ready. So here is your chance to get a one-of-a-kind souvenir. It's a brand new Glenn Allison 900 shirt, 
and enjoy a discount from Phantom Radio. Well, this 900 shirt has an image of Glenn on it saying, 900, I did it. So call his friend and manager. I call him your manager, but he's our friend, Jerry Hale. He handles a lot of stuff. And order this shirt at 714-309-7587. Talk to Jerry, line it all up, get one for you, and, and also a friend, a member of your family. But be the first in your area to get this historic souvenir shirt. So remember, call Jerry at 714-309-7587. And be sure to mention that you heard this on Phantom Radio for a discount. So have a great day. All right, Glenn. Um, I want to talk to you about Andy Marzic, uh, one of the most underrated players of all time. I remember seeing him in Southern California. But where and when did you meet Andy? Well, I'm, I met Andy when he came out on the tour. I didn't know him uh, from Southern California because uh, he didn't bowl in the All-Star League uh, uh, while I was there. I left in fifty in 56, and uh, Andy, Andy wasn't uh, doing that much bowling at that time. He was a little younger, <laughs> a little too young. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, when you saw him, he came out on the tour. Uh, can you describe his style to our listeners? Well, Andy had probably the simplest style ever. You know, just a four-step, very, very uh, slow and easy, and was probably the greatest finish uh, in the history of the game. And uh, he, was, he was a very, very accurate player. Uh, didn't show the strongest ball, but had a, had a great role to it. Yeah, and he was also quite a character. I, I got a story about him, but uh, what can you tell us about his sense of humor? Well, <laughs> Andy, uh, uh, well, I don't know. Probably the, the funniest thing I ever uh, saw him do was he had 11 in a row on a bowling in a tournament in San Diego, and he's on the approach and getting ready to bowl the, for the 12th shot. And uh, uh, he turned around and said to the audience, uh, isn't this exciting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was cool and calm. There's no question about it. You know, I always thought when I saw him, he could have been in Hollywood. He was a good-looking guy, and he had a great sense of humor, right? Oh, he sure did. Yes, he, he that, uh, really uh, uh, a great guy. and. Uh, a fantastic bowler, and my doubles partner at the end, uh, uh, he and I bowled the national doubles together. and uh, We didn't win, but we finished fourth, which was uh, pretty good in, in the, for uh, doing that for everybody in the world. <laughs> That's for sure. You know, the, the one thing, I, I got three or four. I'm sure you got another story or two about him that hopefully if we have time at the end, you can tell one more. But... Uh, I remember I was at a tournament, PBA tournament, and all the little kids had their programs, and they'd go down by the locker room, and when all the pros would come out of the locker room, they would shove the program in the bowler's face and say, can I have your autograph? Well, Andy came out, this little eight-year-old kid, he, he stuck his program up, and Andy took it as he was walking by, and 
he signed his name and he handed it back to the kid and the kid looked at it and he goes, what's that say? And he said, Andy Marzich. And the kid says, well, I never heard of you. And Andy says, I never heard of you either. <laughs> I'll never forget that. And Andy just walked on like there was nothing to it. You know, he, he was such a character. But yeah, you mentioned you bowled on the same team. Uh, what was it like bowling with Andy? Oh, it was great. Uh, and Andy was uh, uh, re- really uh, fun to bowl with. Uh, uh, he was like me when we were bowling in the team event, like at the at the USBC or ABC at that time. Uh, we bowled every game, every game for everybody on the team. It seemed like uh, we were a very, very uh, competitive uh, bunch, and it was fun to bowl with all of them: uh, Jim St. John, Dick Hoover, Billy Waylu, Andy, and myself. That that was the Falstaffs, right? That's right, yes. Yeah, you know, that was pretty competitive with all those beer teams, and uh, I guess there was another one that wasn't a beer team, but I think you were probably uh, faced them a couple of times, uh, Herman's Undertakers, right? Do you remember them? Uh, yeah, they were they were out of St. Louis, but I, I never bowled against them. They were long for my time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew that, but I, I wanted to say it because, you know, I've asked everybody uh, this one question. I'm going to throw it to you. Uh, we haven't talked about it, but there was a famous guy, old timer. Uh, he had a top hat and all that kind of stuff. His name was Count Gangler. He was probably before your time too, right? Yeah, never, never saw the Count, never bowled against him, but he was a, uh, a, a great uh, hustler. Yes, he was. You know, Salvino talked about him, but he said he never saw him either. Uh, that was a shame that he came along a little bit before all you guys. And it was a, it was kind of ironic how all of you guys came along pretty much at the same time, uh, right before the PBA started. Uh, you guys were all pretty much in your prime by then, but you were on those bowling uh, beer teams. And that was very, very competitive. I know that for a fact. Yeah, it, it certainly was. Uh, uh, bowling against the Budweisers and uh, and then the hands and the, uh, uh, I, I can't remember the uh, the other beer team out of Chicago and then the, the Strohs out of Detroit. And, uh, they're just the greatest teams in the world. I mean, it was. They were really uh, competition. We bowled the national team tournament, uh, and uh, our team won the national team tournament twice. And we also won the uh, uh, ABC uh, uh, team tournament twice. Uh, both times when we won that, we set records. <laughs> 32-10 and 32-17 in uh, 1964, and then in 1966- who shot 3179 and 3357. Um, the 3357 was a record at that time. So we uh, we were really competitive. Yes, you were. There, and you said a little bit earlier, uh, there were some great teams, some great players back then. Uh, it's unbelievable that a lot of people think that the PBA had all the great players. But before then, uh, we could name 30, 40 guys from them beer teams that people never really heard of that were 
just fantastic bowlers back then. But, you know, let me ask you this one question that I was curious about. You know, that NBL, that National Bowling League came along uh, right around the same time the PBA did. Did did you have a chance to bowl that, or how'd that work out for you, Glenn? Oh, I, I didn't bowl it. Uh, I was uh, I was picked by the oh boy, I can't Memphis. Um, uh, well, anyway, the team that picked me uh, offered me a, a contract, and uh, I, it was like fourteen thousand dollars. And I said, well, you know, it says I make a lot more than that with Falstaff. They didn't pay me that much salary. But they paid all my expenses to all tournaments, and uh, our teams. Uh, we, if you whatever you won, you got half of, and and half of it went to Kitty, which we split at the end of the year. So I made a lot more than fourteen thousand, and so <laughs> I bowled, bowled in the National Bowling League, but, uh, but that was something I, I I really wish I could have if I'd have gotten a decent contract. Like Brazio and Steve Nagy. Steve Nagy was our team captain when when that started, and he left the, our team and and uh, went to the uh, uh, Los Angeles team. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, uh, and it was really a great thing. Hardwick, I know, bowled. Uh, he bowled with the uh, Fresno team, I believe. Yes, he did. I remember going down there. That they had a nice little stadium with like four lanes in there. And- they had great ideas, but it just never panned out. And then the PBA came along. I guess they gobbled up all the other good players. But, you know, thinking back, and this is something that's probably huge because it's a big topic. Um, what is your most vivid memory of Andy? Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I know. He. <laughs> <laughs> He he was such a character and such such a nice guy, uh, and such a great teammate. Uh, I, I I don't know uh, what else I could say, uh, but you know, uh, when Andy came to the to the Falstaff team, uh, he had been bowling on the tour, and uh, we we needed two players, and Andy or uh, Billy Whalu and Dick Hoover and myself. Uh, got together and uh, sat down and t- looked over the PBA roster. And we came up with four names, four guys that we would think would fit with our team. And, of course, the first one we picked was Billy Waylu because the Budweiser's had broken up. And then the second, uh, I said Billy Waylu, I meant to say Dick Hoover, Dick Weber, Bob Strampy, Jim St. John, and Andy Marzik. Well, the first one we asked was Weber, and, and he declined, and and, and the same with Strampy. So we got uh, they we asked the other two, and they decided to come with the team. And uh, one of our first first things we did was uh, after after we bowled the U.S. or the ABC tournament in Oakland in '64, uh, we went to the Far East on a uh, uh, at bowling exhibitions uh, for the uh, State Department. And uh, that was really a, a fantastic trip. And Andy, uh, <laughs> I remember we stayed in a military motel in, 
and, and when we were in the Philippines, and uh, they, I looked, I opened up the refrigerator because he was my roommate, and I looked in there and there's a whole bunch of these little tiny uh, booze bottles, and it said <laughs> on there, uh, uh, on your honor, twenty five cents each. <laughs> well, when we left there, there weren't any left. <laughs> we bought them all. <laughs> I think Andy, Andy bought more than I did. <laughs> but that's one of the things that was funny here. Yeah, he, he was a character. What a personality he had. Uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that we lose our friends as time goes by. You know, I don't know the answer to all that, but hopefully, uh, if you have enough faith, you know, we're going to see them all again sometime. And they're up there getting everything ready for us, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that's what happens. But anyway, I want, I want to do this announcement one more time because uh, I really want people to get this shirt. Uh, I'm going to order a couple from you guys for myself and also from a couple of my friends. But it's a special announcement that we got to make and I want to make. And it's a chance for all the listeners out there to get a once-of-a-kind souvenir. It's a brand-new Glenn Allison 900 shirt, and I want you to enjoy a discount from Phantom Radio. And this 900 shirt has an image of Glenn on it saying, 900, I did it. So call his friend and manager, Jerry Hale, who also used to bowl the tour, and they're best of friends, and order this shirt at 714-309-7587. And be the first in your area to get this historic souvenir shirt. So call Jerry at 714-309-7587 and be sure to mention Phantom Radio. So we got about two minutes left, Glenn. Is there anything you want to say to close the show? Uh, the stage is all yours, my friend. Well, I'll just tell you one time in in, in Mobile, Alabama, uh, Andy was went into the bowl and he was, had done some practicing, and uh, I had also had done some practicing. And but he went into the bar and and he ran into Billy Hardwick, and uh, he, Billy started talking about his bowling and and you know he he could beat most of the guys and and uh, Andy says well get a partner he says Glenn and I'll bowl you. And uh, so Hardwick got his partner, and uh, we went out to bowl, and Andy was drunk. <laughs> I didn't know that, but we lost $100. <laughs> <laughs> and, but we bowled a second time, and Andy kind of sobered up a little bit, and uh, we we beat him the second set, so we quit while we, while we were even. <laughs> well, who the heck was Hard- Hardwick's partner? Do you remember? I I don't remember, but I think it was Bill Tucker. Okay. Well, he was a good action player too. But I thought oh, yeah. maybe I thought maybe Billy, since you guys were down there, might have got a hold of Jimmy Certain because he was he was friends with Jimmy, and, and that would have been a good match if Jimmy was drunk too. You know. <laughs> <laughs> You're right there, <laughs> uh, Jimmy. I, I'll never forget seeing Jimmy at the showboat one year. Uh, I got done doing the lanes about eight o'clock in the morning. I went out by the pool 
And there was Jimmy laying there in a the chair. And I had my wife with me, and she wanted to do some sunbathing. It gets hot in Vegas. And Jimmy goes, hey, what are you doing? I said, what are you doing? He says, I'm just sleeping it off. He said, I had a couple too many last night. And he says, I'm out here with my wife. And he says, well, you want something to drink? Well, they had a guy there with a lemonade stand. And I says, yeah, I'll get a couple of lemonades. And he came walking over, and, and Jimmy had a bottle, Jack Daniels with him. And he says, no, I'm talking about a drink. <laughs> He was still trying to finish off last night's bottle. He was a beauty. Oh, yeah. I love that guy. <laughs> oh, he was great. Yeah, he was a great guy. I, I remember him vividly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, just a little sidelight. Billy married Jimmy Certain's wife's sister. And Jimmy's wife was called Big Red, and Billy married Big Red's sister. They were both mean as hell. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Glenn, it's good talking to you. Uh, I'm going to have this uh, going for a long time, and I'm going to dig up all the guys from the past because I don't want to forget the history of the PBA. And who knows, maybe one of these times you can tell me, hey, I want to talk about Joe Blow, and I'll have you back on, my friend. So you let me know if there's anybody you want to talk about, all right? Sure, it would be great. Yeah, uh, I will. Would love to talk about Bill Lullard or Billy Whalu. Uh, those are two would be great ones. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna book it just for that, and uh, I'll put it on the schedule. I'll let you know when we're gonna do it. All right, just like we're doing here. Great, I'd love it. Thank all you very right, much. Parts. Well, Phantom fans, that's gonna wrap up another show for this week, and hope that you all enjoyed it. And I want to make a mention to our sponsors. That'd be Bill Christman from. Storm Bowling Products, also Brad Edelman from the High Roller. They've been our sponsors for 18 years. Unbelievable. And also our latest sponsor, Dave Kowalski. He's from the Michigan College High School Bowling Association. He's a former president. They got over 7,000 bowlers up there. So bowling fans, don't forget to order your shirt. If you forgot the number, go back and listen again. Thank you very much, Glenn. Appreciate it. And your buddy, Jerry, I'll be in touch. This is The Phantom. When you're down and troubled And you need some loving care And nothing, well, nothing is going right Close your eyes and think of me And soon